Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. First of all, greetings of the season to one and all. No matter what holiday version of the Return of the Light you like to celebrate, Hanukkah, Solstice, Christmas, there is a good chance that in addition to gobbling sweet treats of one type or another, you may very well be involved in giving and or receiving gifts in this special, though still very far from normal, holiday season. A lot of those gifts will undoubtedly be digital electronic doodads that either have already or will soon be entering homes all over Maine and all over the country during the holiday season. In many cases, the folks who offered the gifts are not going to be in the same room where the gifts are received and opened. So it might be a good time to offer a few useful ideas to keep in mind when opening and excitedly starting to use the new electronic marvels. The first useful idea is don't start using the new electronic digital device unless you set it up the way you want it to work. We can pretty much guarantee that the default settings on the new digital device, when it comes right out of the box, are not going to be the ones you will want to use. And if a user doesn't inspect the way the device is set up to work, and then make changes that you as the user are comfortable with, there is a very good chance you will be sorry somewhere down the line. There are various types of electronic gifts that we might want to take a minute to ponder about before we start using them. Today, we'll focus on devices of a very personal nature, like a smartphone or a fitness device worn on the wrist, or a small light tablet device that can be used in ways similar to a smartphone, but which a lot of people prefer for reading books or writing notes because of its larger screen. All of these devices have one thing in common. Unless a person specifically tells them not to, they provide all kinds of companies, and not just the ones who made the device, with a slew of very personal information about the users. That's us. Companies use that information to create profiles of people, which the companies use themselves to target users for ads, and or which they sell to data brokers who use that information for advertising and also to create profiles that can wind up affecting whether, for example, a user gets a car loan or an insurance policy or even a job. As we've discussed on a number of previous programs, there are a whole raft of other such uses for our personal information as well. Uses that are not what most of us would want to have floating around, especially without us knowing anything about the way that our information is being used. We can't entirely avoid leaving an information trail if we use a smartphone or an internet-connected fitness tracker, or even just use a Kindle or a Nook to read books. What we can do, though, is before we start actually using those devices, we can go into the settings section and make some changes. Both the Apple iOS and the Android operating systems have an application called Settings for the underlying system itself. In addition, any applications that a user chooses to use on the device, from playing a game to getting directions from a mapping application to just reading a book to checking stock prices to coordinating a calendar, will also have their own settings to explore and adjust 
to make them correspond more closely to a user's personal comfort level. Be aware that adjusting a setting in one program or app will probably not carry through to other apps. So, for example, if a user prefers not to have a dozen applications or more on a smartphone, accessing and collecting data about where the user is at any particular moment, the bad news is that the user will probably be wise to make those adjustments in the operating system itself and in each application the user chooses to engage with. This may seem like a lot of trouble just to use a new device and a few applications. That, of course, is what manufacturers are counting on. People just throwing up their hands and saying, what the heck? But more often than we would like, what the heck can come back to bite us where we sit. So, what to do? Well, there's a lot of information available on the web about how to adjust the settings in various devices to make them work the way that you would like them to work, not the way the manufacturer or the app developer wants them to work. One good starting place on the web is at the Electronic Frontier Foundation's privacy page, where you'll find information on pretty much any topic that affects user privacy online including things like cell phone location tracking, reading digital books, COVID-19 and digital rights, and a couple of dozen other topics relating to the new digital gift that you just received. That page is at www.eff.org issues privacy. It is definitely worth a look and a good place to start thinking about how you want the new device to serve you best. From that page, you can also get to the Surveillance Self-Defense page, which, in the words of the site, offers, quote, tips, tools, and how-tos for safer online communications, end quote. It's pretty nice to have some smart techies on our side, as well as on a device manufacturer's side. Receiving a new digital device gift this holiday season can be a great surprise and a delight. To keep the delight and reduce the bad surprises, we may want to take 15 minutes or so and adjust the way the device works to make it as close as possible to the way we want it to work, rather than the way the seller designed it to work. There are, of course, less personal electronic gifts that can show up in the holiday season, Things like smart thermostats or doorbells or baby monitors. And we'll try to take a look at a few suggestions of what to do before using those kinds of devices as well. Right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. Music